0: Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 33 of the Yacking Podcast. And we talk to you about life, business, and more, and we bring you tips and ideas for the changing world we live in. We always have interesting guests for you, and today's guest is no exception. But as always, I will hand over and welcome Kathleen, and she'll do the honors to our guest. Hi, Kathleen.
1: Hello, Peter, and uh, welcome, everyone. We so appreciate you tuning in to our videos, uh, as well as our podcasts, and always appreciate your comments. So please keep them coming. Uh, As always, we have a special guest with us today, and uh, we're going to let him tell you a little bit about himself. But uh, please welcome J.L. Collison. J.L., good to have you on the show. Welcome.
2: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah. Uh, perhaps you can tell our viewers and listeners a little bit about yourself and your background.
2: Well, my background is, uh, pretty varied. I, I've done, well, my philosophy has always been, if it's legal, moral, and honest, I'll, and I can make a dollar <laughs> at it, I'll do it. So I, I've been involved in, uh, retail management. I've been in, in petroleum management. I've been in recycling. Uh, I've, uh, driven over the road, delivered RVs all across the United States and Canada. Uh, I've done, you know, I, I've driven a limousine. I, I've done a whole lot of different things until uh, just a little over seven years ago uh, when I contracted the uh, Guillaume barre syndrome. And I've been disabled and, and unable to work since. keep trying to talk the doc into releasing me, but he says no. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I can't. I I just want to think that I can. I'm fine from the neck up. Well, that's questionable. But, uh, <laughs> so. but anyhow, that that's when I started writing. Uh, I get bored looking at four walls, and I hate television. So uh, I started writing, and uh, that that's as much as you get from me. So, yeah,
1: Peter.
0: Wow, I'm just trying to keep track of that varied career in uh, all sorts of different things. Delivering RVs and limousines and uh, petroleum. Wow. What was your best part? What did you enjoy most out of all those? Driving. Driving.
2: Absolutely.
0: Delivering the RVs was more
2: fun than just about anything else I've ever done. I love to drive. I've I've been driving something since I was legally able to uh, and some things I wasn't um but uh it was out in the country and nobody cared right um and uh yeah it was driving for work it wasn't just me running around um so you know driving my dad was a truck driver going over the road to me was yeah it's just pleasure right, uh, right. my brother is still a driver and he keeps tormenting me by posting <laughs> pictures and and uh, so many of the places I've been, and I know where he is, and, and it just makes me homesick. But I uh, but I, I absolutely loved that. I, I loved driving in Canada. Uh, yeah, y'all have a beautiful country up there. We do. Uh,
1: yeah.
2: yeah, just absolutely, and some of the nicest people I have ever met in my life.
0: So, where, did you go right across Canada? Have you been to both both sides, both coasts, west, east, I, and west?
2: Uh, I've been to all of your lower provinces except Quebec.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, bad and, luck, uh, bad luck, Kathleen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry about that.
1: That's okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, no. I just, I just
2: never got a load going into Quebec.
1: Right, right.
2: And uh, uh, primarily east coast and west coast. I took a lot of trailers up to Alberta because mm-hmm. of your because the oil. Uh, boom a few years uh, ago
0: that's right of course yes
2: and uh, they couldn't build housing up there fast enough so we were taking uh rvs up there for people to live in and uh, i i loved driving across saskatchewan a lot of people think saskatchewan is flat and boring i got out there and uh, it's gorgeous especially (laughs) when the uh, canola is blooming or or rape whichever one you want to call it. it it's just beautiful
0: yeah, well, you've seen a lot more than I have. Um, I've been here seventeen years, and I haven't been outside of Ontario for not for lack of trying, just uh, circumstances have kept me here. But I've been quite far north in Ontario, so I've got something to look forward to. Back to Kathleen, she's got something to ask you, I think.
1: Uh, so, so you, um, you know, you said now that you've become a writer, usually people that write are voracious readers themselves. And, and you started off as that. You were a voracious r- reader as a, as a young child, were you not?
2: Yes. Uh, my parents started me with the old Humpty Dumpty magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you're, you seem to be familiar with it. Yep. But uh, I was reading it myself when I was four. Wow. Uh, just oh. because my parents read to me and I, I learned the words just from recognizing them. And I kind of picked up the phonics a little bit, not well, but enough that that I could kind of halfway sound out some of the words and some of my uh, pronunciation was rather off, but uh, i I remember the story of squidge pie from back when I was you know four and uh, uh, I that stuck with me. I don't know why, but that one did and and a couple others and the you know, the moon being made of green cheese and that sort of thing. Um, but that stuck with me and gave me just, a a hunger to read and get a story. Um, then when I was in third grade, I had a teacher that really developed that and she gave us a challenge to read that year. Uh, I read over 300 books in wow. my uh, third grade. I read everything in our library there and, uh, some of it multiple times. Uh, I, I read a lot of biographies or or biographical novels. Um, and uh, I, I was so hungry to read that I, I even read A through H of the World
0: Book Encyclopedia. Oh, uh, so, that's quite something. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah,
2: I, I guess you would say I, I was a voracious reader. That kind of slowed down after that. I, I still read a lot. I mean, I always had a book in my hand. But I didn't quite have the volume of reading because the books I read were longer. Sure. But uh yeah, I, I I did. I I read a lot and still do. I, I have over three thousand books in my library.
1: My goodness. Wow. So as time wore on and you became a teenager and early adult, what was what was it that captivated you in terms of reading? What kind of books did you like to read then?
2: Escape. Um I was in a loving home. Okay. I'm I'm not putting my parents down at all. Uh, I have never felt unloved. Um, but my dad was on the road a lot. Um, I was the smallest kid in the school till I was a sophomore. And then it wasn't because I grew, but it was because we moved Mm -hmm. and there was one person in the next school. that was smaller than I. I, I didn't start growing till I was late junior in high school. Uh, I was four foot eight and weighed 95 pounds and carried the marching, the bass drum and the marching band when I was a freshman in high school. So it gives you, you know, I I just, I was small. Um, And um, we were out in the country. I didn't have a lot of friends. So I read. Um, We didn't have a television in the house, which was, you know, just fine with me. I really didn't care when I saw the TV. It just didn't do anything for me. I'd, I'd rather read it. And have the 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 picture in my head rather than somebody showing me what it is. Tell me about it. Let me imagine it. And uh, uh, some call it an imaginarium, and other people call it a theater of the mind. And yeah. so that that's what captivated me with that that and the, the idea that you can do anything you really want to do, and you can accomplish what you really want to accomplish. Uh, I read about people that, you know, people that, uh, didn't have the size, but made it work anyhow, uh, people that didn't have the background, but still succeeded. And it just gave me a thirst to improve myself and to, uh, put myself out there and, and to escape, you know, to, to find a world that I could be what I wanted to be, um, which I had limitations that I couldn't do that, you know, in real life. So, um, and it, be honest with you, it kind of continues that way today.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Wow. Quite something. So did you start writing at school or, or, or not until much later, as you say, seven years ago?
2: Well, no, not a whole lot. I, I, I wrote some stories and things like that when I was in elementary, um, but as I got older, to be honest, I was too lazy. I had too many other things that, uh, that I wanted Getting to on. do. Uh, and to sit down and try and write a story, my brain ran faster than my hand could write. And uh, I, I got frustrated. Then when I was in college, um, I had an English teacher that uh, told me never to try to write, that I didn't have what it took. Um, she was what they call a plotter and I'm a pantser. I write by the seat of my
0: right I got an internet Uh, problem I I have
2: a story in my head everything had to have three points each point had to be subdivided twice and then you know and all of that we had to have a minimum of a hundred note cards and we had to they have, by the time I got done with everything, uh, <laughs> and if for to try to write you or something, uh, I just read a little story. You know, it's, it. it's
1: amazing to me that we've, we've interviewed several people. Uh, a lot of them are authors, just like you. And it's amazing to me how many have reported negative feedback And even yourself, Peter.
0: Yep. I negative sure.
1: feedback from a uh, from a teacher.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. I had really, it's thing.
1: terrible that a teacher would not encourage somebody, whereas they just basically say, do do that. Yeah, go ahead, Peter."
0: I've had a bit of an internet hiccup there. So I'll be, I'm sure I can edit the, the bad bit out, but yeah, I jailed. I'm my music teacher when I was 10 or 11 years old said to me, you are on the first lesson of that year. You are, this was in school with the whole class in front of the whole class. She said, Peter, You're absolutely useless. Uh, you will never play an instrument or read music. And I believed that for 45 years. I really believed mm-hmm. it. And then I went out and bought, I needed a big goal and I, I, also had a health issue. I couldn't run any more marathons. So I went and bought a guitar and um, taught myself how to play. I'm not good, but I proved her wrong. So yeah. yeah. And I think it, uh, teachers, I think are a lot more sensitive to children nowadays. They wouldn't get away with that, but that was normal. When, when we were, we were a similar generation, when we were young, wow, teachers could uh, say something or put you off something for life. Yeah. Sad. Uh,
2: well, I still don't claim to be able to be a good writer, but, uh, I am uh, patting myself on the back. I'm a good storyteller. Uh,
0: well, uh, so. yes, I would definitely agree. Having read your your novella, we're going to talk about a bit later that you sent me. I had to read that from start to finish. I think I said to you, I'd read it sometime over the weekend. And when I picked mm-hmm. it up, I read it from start to finish. I couldn't put it down until I would finished it. So yes, you are a very good storyteller. <laughs> Kathleen, have you got something else there for
1: JL? Uh, Tell tell us about um, the community and the the, what you do to service the community because you do a lot of that, don't you? Well,
2: I I don't do as much as I did. Um, We're still active in our church, uh, although I haven't been in months um, because of the the COVID. You know, we've been shut down. Um, I I also get cluster headache, and because of that hand sanitizer is a major trigger.
1: Oh, right. And,
2: um, I, I just, I can't go, I can't be around people because of that. Everybody is every place you walk, people are doing this, you know, and, and, uh, they do that and then I'm grabbing my head. And so I've been unable to be active, but my wife and I have both worked with our youth group with church for 29 years. Um, and have been very active with them. Um, we worked with a food pantry for uh, a while, doing pickups from stores and things like that, and tried to do that. And then, um, over different periods of my adult life, I've worked in jail ministry and uh, rescue uh, rescue mission ministry, um, working with uh, uh, both one-on-one and in group settings with uh, with inmates and with uh, um, guys that are are uh, needing help you know homeless or uh, addicted alcoholic mm-hmm. stuff like that so about the only thing i haven't worked with is uh cradle roll and, and nursery at church <laughs> uh
0: so here here's a philosophical uh, much yeah. junior high is my is my
2: favorite age <clears throat> I'm, I'm sorry
0: No, I was going to say I've got a philosophical (laughs) question for you when you're talking about church, and we know that churches have been struggling to keep attendances up. What do you think the effect of the stay away with the virus, um, do you think it will bring more people to church when things eventually get back to normal, or do you think it will keep people away from church? Uh,
2: I can't speak for the churches as a whole because too many churches have become nothing more than just a social um a social outlet. Uh so I can't respond to that. I, I can tell you that our church and others uh similar that uh we've actually seen a resurgence in interest. Um that that people you know had kind of drifted away but then when it was taken away then they recognize the need and you know so there was a resurgence of people you know wanting to be there right uh, right and i I tell, I tell you it bugs me to have to sit at home and and not be able to be there because
0: that's
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know that's my life sure 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 that's in, that's interesting you should say that very interesting
1: yeah so getting back to your writing you've you've written very different genres from adventure to gospel to social messaging and children. Um, can you tell us what inspired you to write your books, the Rotund Roland stranded at uh, Romson's lodge and my donkey and the master.
2: Um, I tell people all the time, I don't know what I write because I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't have a genre. Um, it's kind of... my work ethic, you know, if my writing is, and, an idea comes to my mind and a story. And uh, my first one actually came to me back in the eighties. Oh, uh, back when, you know, I didn't believe that I could write. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was driving, you know, over the road then and had a lot of time to think. And, and, um, uh, that was shortly after, uh, uh, the Blue Lagoon movie and nice. and some of the other coming of age stories that were real popular at that time came out. And the question came to my mind, what would happen if a couple of Christian kids that wanted to maintain their values were put in that situation? Would they be able to withstand the temptation? And would they be able to uh, do what was right? Or would they succumb to temptation? And how would that Habits. So I, I did a lot of, not just philosophical, but spiritual thought in in how that that would go about and how that would happen. Um, so I wrote about two high school kids that were kidnapped, uh, flown to upstate Maine, which is the most remote part in the continental United States. They get dropped off at a hunting lodge, but the pilot hits a goose on takeoff and crashes, leaving them stranded at his lodge. They have to work together. They have to live together. Um, they have to do everything together to survive. And one of two things is going to happen: either you're going to love each other, or you're going to hate each other.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: And so the story works better if you tell that they love each other, so um, they fall in love, and the temptation is there, you know. But they wanted to maintain their values. So from the very beginning on Sundays, they took Sundays and made that kind of a day of rest where they didn't do a lot. But they also spent the time with the Bible together. And uh, uh, it's not preachy. I mean, it's not a Christian book, um, although it has Christianity all through it. Um, My purpose was to try and demonstrate how Christianity ought to be lived and Uh not to try and preach it. Uh, rotund, rotund Roland is, is totally different. It's totally secular. Um, uh, my values come through, but you know, it's clean. The language is, is clean. Um, but a lot of that comes from part of my background. you know, as a four foot, eight, 90 pound person, I found out that I would fit in a locker at school wasn't because I tried to. Um, and, you know, I, I took tours of garbage cans and uh, a whole bunch of other places that I didn't want to go. And uh, then, too, I had an uncle that was uh, six foot seven wow. and weighed, weighed right at 500 pounds. Um, uncle Tiny was, uh, well, from the time he was a baby, he was called Fat. And, uh, mom wouldn't let us call him uncle fat. Everybody else called him fat. Uh, A couple other drivers started calling him tiny. And, uh, so, you know, we called him uncle tiny. Well, when I was in the eighth grade, I mouthed off to him once, just once. And he reached out and grabbed me with one hand by the shoulder and held me up. I leveled to him and just, chewed on me for a while <laughs> until he got tired and let go and i just ah. dropped to the floor and he did that with one hand out at arms like they he could put a a full oil drum on the back of a trailer by himself i just incredibly strong
1: yeah, yeah,
2: uh, yeah. but because of his size he was always put down um i have a brother that is uh um he's not that size, but you know, he's uh, i believe he's six, five. And you know, he's been up around the 300 pound mark. He's gotten a a lot of it down, but you know, he was picked on and I'll be honest when he was a kid and I was a kid, I wasn't quite as nice as I should have been. Um, But I I have observed how he's been treated. I I've observed bullying, working with teens
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and, you know, it's also in the younger grades. Um, it's also in adults. Mm-hmm. So I just tried to address that and, and tried to uh, demonstrate how bullying can affect people. Mm. Um, now, my donkey and the master, that one comes from, you know, I studied for the ministry and God put me in lay ministry rather than, and, than in a pulpit. Um but uh, I, I love the scriptures, and uh, I, I I love the the story. Uh, and a lot of times, people get the idea that the Bible is just do this and do that, and thou shalt and thou shalt not. And it's not. Jesus was a man that walked among us. He was God, but yet he was very much a man. And as such, you know, he interacted with people. And I tried to tell his story through a different viewpoint, Mm -hmm. that of a friend of the family. He wasn't a disciple. He was a believer, but he wasn't a disciple. Uh, And his donkey becomes a part of the story. And and the donkey travels through um, from the time that uh, Joseph meets Mary, um, this friend who was never named, uh, the narrator of the story, is never named because I didn't want anybody trying to tie him to someone. Ah, in scripture. right. Um, but I wanted, uh, I wanted people to read the gospel and the gospel story just from a different angle. Mm. So that you're you're watching it happen along with somebody else.
0: Wow, um, good and,
2: idea. And, and it's just a novelette. I, it's only fourteen thousand seven hundred words or something like that. Just a, a short read. Uh but it it goes all the way from before Joseph and Mary met each other uh all the way through until the ascension. Um then Mouse in the House. That one uh, that was just a fun story. I was sitting in my kitchen one night and the mouse ran across the floor. And ah. uh, my, my my crazy brain says, What if? and and it, it started from there and then uh I got connected with Donna Sutherland um who uh, does illustration from a, a Disney, uh, type of, uh, of a, uh, background. And, uh, she just did an awesome job, uh, of, of, uh, drawing it and, um, makes it real. The, the personality of the mouse and, and the cat and the dog and the mom and the dad and the baby just comes through. Uh, fun part is, is, uh, uh, Anybody that that reads Mouse in the House is going to see my granddaughter as a baby Uh, because uh, she took one of her pictures to to draw the the baby. But uh, it was just a fun story that that I wrote and I sent to my daughter just just for grins and giggles and told her to to read it to Evie. And she said Evie giggled all the way through. So I dedicated (laughs) it to Evie who giggled. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well done, very oh. good. We we haven't got a lot of time left oh. here, JL. Uh, so, quick one before we ask you for how people can get hold of you. Um, what do you have any advice for aspiring writers from your long experience?
2: A long experience of seven years. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's very succinct. Put your butt in a chair and your fingers on the keyboard. Yep, yep. and just tell the story. Now, if you're one that needs format and you need to have everything laid out, okay, outline it. Do whatever you need to do, but remember the focus is the story. It's not the style. Uh, Get the story. and, And then make your characters so recognizable and so real that you want to buy them a Christmas card.
0: Right. Okay. But
2: when when you get that, then your reader is going to identify with your character as well. I've, I learned that from another writer. That's not original with me, but uh, I, I found it very effective.
0: And and certainly, I did that with uh, Rotund Roland. Um, I you know I I knew big boys at school, little boys at school, boys who got bullied bullied at school. So those characters in that uh, in that story were really real to me. Kathleen back to you
1: so JL, let tell our listeners and viewers how to uh, buy your books and how to get a hold of you well Where the, they easy, find you?
2: the easiest way to get a hold of me is just uh, uh, www.jlcollison.com um, and my books are available there every every book that gets purchased uh, I sign and personalize so nice uh, and yeah, You can also get them on Amazon. Um, you can get them at, at Walmart, you can get them at Barnes and Noble, any place that that uh, does books online. Uh, now, you're not going to find them in the stores. None of them are carried in stores, but uh, they're uh, available at Walmart.com, Target.com, uh, wherever you buy books. Mm-hmm. Um, the ebooks are all available through Amazon. Um, I don't know, uh, Smashwords, uh, Smashwords.com um, is uh, is a good source for uh, for uh, Rotund Roland and for My Donkey and the Master. Um, the Mouse in the House ebook is available through uh, Amazon, but uh, don't bother. Just spend a, a few dollars more and, and get the... I have it in paperback as well as hardcover. Um, the... It doesn't come through in digital. I'm sorry, on a tablet, yeah, it's okay, but you don't get the flow that you're able to get with the book. I, I The only reason I put that one digital was because I had to, um, <laughs> and I, I don't recommend it. Um, uh, but the, the other books are all available, both um, uh, digital as well as uh, uh, paperback.
0: Thanks, J.L. That's really good. Um, we, we have a couple of seconds. Uh, marketing your books, you do all that yourself? I think my internet my is... Marketing is,
2: is face-to-face at, at uh, libraries, uh, uh, author fairs, and things like that. I, I do some on Facebook, and, and anybody is welcome to connect with me on Facebook. I'd, I'd love to have you just jail Collison. And uh, oh, good. C A don't recognize the sound of it.
0: That's good. I, I am struggling well, with mine. Wonderful.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, um JL. Thank you for all the listeners for tuning in once again. And um we will see you next time with another great guest. Thank you, thank you so much. You.